everyone, this is What Happened This Week? A new thing I'm starting on the Plan C feed where I'm going to talk about sports for 15 minutes for people who don't usually pay attention to sports. So I'm going to do sports stuff. I'm trying to explain it for people who don't follow. I'm going to try and do it at least once a week. Uh, so I hope you enjoy. And any topics you want me to cover, hit my DMs, email us at, well, not at, <laughs> but plancpod at gmail.com. Plancpod, all one word, no spaces, no underscores or periods or nothing. Other than that, I hope you enjoy this episode and the others to follow. If you haven't checked out other pods, you should def do so as we have a lot of great conversations, interviews, and heartfelt moments on there. Thanks for listening, and here we go. All right, welcome back. So today, I felt the first thing I wanted to talk about, you know, new sports. I don't know if it's even a new sports, I don't, or rather a new podcast. I, I think I'm just going to put this on Plan C feed. Anyway, anyway, so the three topics that I'm going to get to today are the NBA All-Star Game, there was a crazy trade in, not a crazy trade, but a impactful trade in the NFL, and I'm going to talk about what's going on with my favorite soccer team this year. Obviously, if you're new, what's up? Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this sort of new content we are trying. Yeah, so I'm talking about how the NBA All-Star Game, is it necessary? Right now, the NBA is, they're playing through covid there's a bunch of teams that have been impacted. I actually think at least two-thirds of the teams have been impacted by COVID in terms of having to reschedule matches, having to postpone matches, whatever it is. These are teams that are being affected by it. And so now they want to have an all-star game, which is they're going to bring all these players together that have been traveling all over the country, right? Right? And, you know, there, there's there's COVID protocols. Yes, yes, yes. But you're really, you're, you're starting to mix here, right? This isn't the type of thing like a championship where it's necessary for the season to end. It's, it's simply just because the TV stations and the NBA, I think they need the money. So they're saying, okay, you know, it's fine. We're going to be fine. We're just going to do this. You know, either way, it was going to be a tough decision. And I feel like they're trying to recoup money in Adam Silver. You know, he did have a hard decision to make. I just think he made the wrong choice. Because the NBA right now can barely continue games without COVID postponements. So you suddenly think bringing all these people together is smart? You know, if they did a bubble or something, which a lot of people said was unfeasible for this season... I think that definitely could have worked because then, you know, you just have everyone playing the same game. You can, I don't know, you can even have, like, families come in and blah, 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 blah. I, I just, I think it's a bad thing because why take an unnecessary risk when there are players that are clearly disinterested and also think that this is a bad idea? And the way it, the way they're going to do it is... So they're going to they're going to have it all on one night, right? So usually with NBA All-Star weekend, you know, you have one night for the dunk contest and all those special competitions. You have one night for like the celebrity game and, you know, 
the young players game, and then the final night is the All-Star game. This year, they're starting at 5 p.m., right? And they're doing the three-point contest and what they call the skills challenge first. And then they're going to begin the game at 8 and do the dunk contest at halftime. So they're taking three days, they're squishing it into one, and first of all, they're not even making, I don't even think they're making players quarantine before they come in. So games are stopping on the 5th, and then they're resuming on the 10th. So it's like, wait, we're traveling to Atlanta, playing in this in this game that you are deeming necessary for, for, for what? You know, why, why do we, why do we, why do we need the all-star game this year? Was, was anyone really losing their mind and being like, oh man, I'm really going to miss the all-star game this year. No, they're not. It's just, it's a blatant cash grab by Turner and the NBA. And I think that putting the players and the players' families at risk, it's not responsible. Also, NBA, I see you. You're not low. I know what you're doing putting this in Atlanta. If, for people who don't know, Atlanta is like currently, I don't even know how to describe it. Like the club headquarters. Like if you want to party in America right now, you go to Atlanta. You go to Atlanta. They've got great clubs, great strip clubs. I'm not speaking from personal experience. I've actually never been to Atlanta. I've been to Georgia, never Atlanta. So, you know, I, I see you, NBA, where you're trying to, I, I imagine they're kind of like, oh, you know, vacation, uh, vacation from the NBA in Atlanta, you know, come, come hang out, blah, 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 blah. I, I think that was maybe a little carrot by the NBA. I don't remember where the game was specifically supposed to be originally, but eh, anyway, I have 30 seconds left on this topic because I have a lovely little timer. So I just say... It's stupid and not necessary. Why not give them just like 10 days off? Just give just give them a break. You know? What the hell is the point of this? I I don't understand and I think it's extremely selfish and I don't think it's a good idea. All right, topic number 2. I'm not sure if I'm going to have some nice little transition, little transition little thing. I'm not sure, you know, first time doing this. Well, not not first time, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, so the next thing I'm going to talk about is in the NFL, there was uh, a, there was a trade. And before I'm going to get into the nitty gritty details about what happened, I'm just going to I'm going to give you you the real world comparison. And then we're going to go from there just so people who don't watch sports, you can sort of understand the gravity, I guess, of what I'm talking about. OK, so. A quarterback in the NFL was recently traded, and basically what pretty much happened is imagine you are selling assets for an insane house, right? A house you have never owned, you've never owned anything like it, nothing like that. And, you know, you you, you make the decision, all right, fuck it, I'm just, I'm going to get this house, and it's going to be great. And I'm going to have to pay it off for a little bit. Well, not a little bit. It's a big house, you know. But, you know, there, there are risks involved. And you move in. And for, like, the first year and a half, everything's fantastic. It's fantastic. To, you know, to eat some, some things are even better than you thought it was. Where was? I'm not sure. Anyway. <laughs> so then 
you know, after your little honeymoon period, the roof falls in. Fixable, but complicated, right? Okay. So you fix the house, right? You know, time's moving on, time's going on, and, and the house is fine. You know, you, you, you maybe, maybe could have spent more on a contractor, but, you know, the house is fine. Eventually the house is, you know, six more months pass, and the house is really starting to, really, really starting to fall apart now. And you're starting to wonder, oh, man, is this asset I have now becoming toxic because this, I, I you know, I, shit happens. You know, it eventually starts getting worse and worse and worse until you don't hate the asset anymore. You're just like, why do I even have this? I need it. I just need to get rid of this. So then, you know, the house is now a shell of itself and you sell the land for pennies on the dollar and you take the loss. That's what we're dealing with here. So now to get more specific, the house in this situation is former Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz. And the way Carson Wentz entered the league was he was the second overall draft pick in 2016 in the NFL draft. And the Eagles traded a lot of draft capital, so they didn't they didn't have the second overall pick, right? The Cleveland Browns did. But the Eagles had the eighth pick. So they're like, okay, I'm going to take my eighth pick, my number 77 pick, and my pick for next year in the first round it, basically they took a lot of they took a lot of assets gathered them all and were like here we want the second overall pick so we can we can draft this quarterback awesome but it didn't go so well as described in my analogy right that that was the trade to go trade up for him right so that is already that asset has a lot of capital tried to it uh, tied to it now and so now when the value of that asset has decreased so much as it did, the Eagles were like, oh, we, we got to get off of this because it, it clearly wasn't working. So they agreed to trade this quarterback who, you know, in only 2016, five years ago. Wow. Has 2016 really been five years ago? That's sad. Anyway, five years ago, they put all of their assets into this basket and now they 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 flipped the asset for like pennies on the dollars. So what they what they got for trading this quarterback who, you know, he Wentz was great. Wentz was great, but you know, it's still a loss in the trade because you're giving you're giving up this quarterback who you put all this money into, or not money, but you know, all this capital into and you're only getting a third round pick and a second round pick. For those of you who don't know, that's like in my opinion, it's you could probably do better on assets, but at the same time, it was just I wouldn't I don't even want to say toxic, but the two sides, the Eagles and Carson Wentz, were just it wasn't gonna happen. So anyway, I'm going a little over. Winners and losers before I get out of here, or not get out of here, but move on to my third topic. In, in Indianapolis, who Carson Wentz got traded to, they're you know they're getting a potential comeback story of the year. So I think Indy's a winner because they didn't have to give too much to get somebody who could potentially be a superstar. Uh, I, I don't think he will get there because I think he physically isn't in the same shape. But anyway, I think Philly is a winner and a loser because 
loser for the amount they gave up and how bad it went in the end, but a winner for at least getting something in the end. And that's my take on the trade. All right, my lovely pod listeners, one last one, and then I'm going to get the hell out of here, and it'll be all great and such. Now I'm going to be talking about Liverpool Football Club and what the hell has happened to them this year. Because for those of you who don't follow, Liverpool in the past two years were on a tear. They're on an absolute tear, winning almost every trophy you can within that two-year stretch. You know, they they won the biggest competition in Europe. They won the biggest competition in their own league, which is the Premier League. Yes, separate from the competition in Europe. They also won, you know, there's there's this thing called the Club World Cup, which I personally don't put too much into, but I don't know. The, the teams seem to be excited about it. Anyway, <clears throat> I so they've fallen off this year. Last year, they literally won their league, um, and this year, they're in sixth place, 19 points off the top. For those of you who don't know, I think I'm just going to say that a lot, for those of you who don't know. The way soccer works in England and just in Europe is for every win you get, you get three points. For every loss, you get zero points. For every draw, you get one point. So at the end of the season, all those points are tallied up. Whoever has the most points wins. Easy enough. Um, Unless it's a, like a tournament setting, but that's neither here nor there. Again, they've fallen off. And right now, I, I think they're in their worst stretch because They've lost four straight games in uh, the Premier League, so that's facing other teams in England. And, you know, they were playing at such a level last year that you thought... It's not that I didn't think it could continue. I just didn't believe it would continue at that level. I didn't think they would fall off as hard as they did, but mm, trash. I, I A real-world comparison I threw together, <laughs> I said, running a marathon, winning it, then breaking your leg training for the next one and still trying to run it a week or two later. Uh, Just because Liverpool have also been hit with some serious injuries, a bunch of their best players, I think two of them had some pretty bad ligament damage and some of their best attackers have had muscular problems. And so when that happens, you know, you have to rely on younger players and younger talent that's not as good. So those players who aren't used to playing at that level, I think the fatigue sets in more and they're not able to sort of keep that focus because you don't feel as good playing. Obviously, COVID-19 has a has a big part in this because they're not able to play with the fans in the stadium. So I think that there's a lack of atmosphere that certainly plays like in a it plays a role, right? It plays a role. If you're used to playing in front of 50,000 people and then you take the 50,000 people away, it's going to be different. You're going to play different. I also think that just lack of motivation, you know, last year and the last two years, they won a lot. They won a lot of stuff and almost every competition they were in, they won. But now that you've already been there and that you've already done it, the, the motivation isn't necessarily going to be as strong unless you're Tom fucking Brady, you know, because you're like, oh, you know, I'm not going to have to worry about a blight being on my career because I won the Premier League. You can't say that I never won the Premier League because I did it last year. And, you know, just 
it's just more on like the young player stuff. When when you're missing players like that, it it just leads to a lack of valid tactics against high level competition. So you're not going to be able to play the way you want to. And it's going to lead to either you being really conservative or taking risks you shouldn't and getting burned. And that's happened to Liverpool many times this year. You know, is there a hope for fixing it? I, I would say yes, because Liverpool's, in my opinion, their best player, Virgil van Dijk, he has been missing for a while and he is very important to what they want to do and his athleticism and size is very good for, you know, the pressing style that they apply. And so when you take him out, it's like, okay, now what? He's also a very vocal leader in that locker room. So I think when there's at least three big players who are not playing right now, and, and Liverpool, they just they don't have defenders. They don't have central defenders to play. You know, they're playing like 19-year-olds against men who do this for a living. And I'm not saying the 19-year-olds are bad, but, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of experience that is required. Anyway, I do think there's hope for fixing it, and I hope they'll get there soon. We'll see. All right, so I'm hoping once I edit it, I can get this all down to 15 minutes. I thank you all very much for listening. Hope to see you next week. I'm going to try and put these out every day on Wednesdays. Sort of do like a Wednesday morning type thing so you can, you know, I can wake up middle of the week, have a little something, something. Anyway, thank you for listening. If you are, check out previous podcasts that we have done. I hope that people listen to this. You know, if you agreed, disagreed with something, hit me up. I'd love to talk about it. Thanks again for listening. Hope to stay safe, wear a mask, and have a good one.